Last week in a drill, I was having a conversation with my right-hand woman, my religious affairs NCO, or non-commissioned officer. We were talking about what it means to be an effective unit ministry team, specifically when it comes to reaching soldiers. Now, this might be a surprise to you, but probably not. A good chunk of soldiers aren't actual regular church attendees. Some of them have never stepped foot in a church before. Others maybe went through some sort of Sunday school or confirmation or catechism class, but they've since walked away from the church for one reason or another. Kind of like a large portion of the civilian population. And these soldiers can be super wary of chaplains because the last thing that they want is for some chaplain to come up to them and start preaching Jesus to them and telling them that they're living their lives in a wrong, sinful way and they're going to hell. Again, kind of like a large portion of the civilian world. As we were talking, she mentioned that it's easier to talk to a chaplain who's like an actual real person. Someone who speaks the language of the people, and not just the literal language, but someone who gets them. Someone who they can relate to. Someone who understands the complexities of life. I remember about five years ago having a conversation with a soldier as we were serving breakfast together in the rain. And we started talking about the Hallmark show, When Calls the Heart, and how both of us were huge fans of it. So that conversation ended up leading to many, many more. And in fact, I'm looking forward to officiating her wedding this summer. A five-year friendship struck up by connecting about a Hallmark show, speaking each other's language. When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, Standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Note, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. 
In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our focus text for this week is the quintessential Pentecost text. The Holy Spirit coming down to the disciples like tongues of fire, giving them the ability to speak in other languages. I love the contrast between this text and our focus text from last week, the Tower of Babel. In the Tower of Babel story, you have a group of people who speak the same language and all of a sudden they're scattered throughout the world, all of them speaking new languages, unable to understand each other anymore. And this week, we have a group of people, Jesus' disciples, who all speak the same language and can't understand other languages. And they're given the gift of the Holy Spirit to speak in these new languages so that they can go out into the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. I remember when my husband and I took a solo trip to Europe when we were 24-year-old seminary students, not knowing, and still really not knowing, any conversational language other than English. We had this little translator device to help us, but there's only so much that those can do. We heavily relied on the kindness of others who were gifted in knowing more than one language. I came back from that trip and vowed to never say anything bad about instructions being written in more than one language ever again, because the knowledge of English by those in Europe and in Egypt saved us from having a totally rotten time. It is so hard to understand other people when you don't speak their language. There's an automatic barrier that goes up that's hard to overcome without a lot of work or frustration. I see that with my kids too, in trying to learn the latest slang that teenagers are talking and without knowing what it is that they're saying, it's hard to have a really good conversation with them. And so it takes work to learn what they're saying and to be able to relate to where they're coming from. In the church world, believe it or not, we also have our own language. For those who are immersed in this world, we understand it, we get it. For those who are on the outside or the fringes or who might even be a part of the world but are not as fully immersed in it as, say, a church leader or someone who comes to church every single Sunday, the church language can make absolutely no sense. And on the flip side, if one is totally immersed in this world and someone enters into it who has a different idea, there can be huge pushback. For example, several years ago, a church that I served sang a hymn that referenced the mothering aspect of God. Okay, seems fine. 
Well, there was an individual who had once been a very active church member who was so appalled that we sang this hymn that she refused to come back to the church. In her understanding, there was no place for that type of language describing God, and it became a barrier for her to engage in worship. I didn't speak that language, and so I didn't understand where she was coming from at first. I didn't think that it was a big deal. But once I learned more, I could better understand that it was a barrier, it was a big deal. Understanding the language of the people and how they connect with God and the world around them is so important for us. Communication and being able to understand each other and speak the same language is so important when it comes to relationships. When I counsel couples, whether they be married or engaged or dating, one of my go-to books is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. In a nutshell, this book teaches us that we all feel love in different ways. The five languages that Chapman focuses on are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. We have a tendency to show love to others in the way that we ourselves feel loved. So for example, if your love language is receiving gifts, then you may go and buy gifts for other people thinking, well, if I appreciate this, they're going to appreciate it too. They're going to love it just as much as I do. Understanding how your spouse or your partner or your child or friend feels loved can better help you show that love to them. And not speaking each other's love language can be a recipe for disaster. Miscommunication, frustration, a lack of understanding, all of those can happen. And so really communication is key for any relationship and having a common language, whatever that language is, whether it is the exact same or not, or just an understanding, it helps facilitate that communication with each other. It helps build bonds. It helps deepen a relationship. It helps you just get each other. So just last week, I was having a conversation with one of our youth in which we started talking about the evolution of Pokemon how Charmander, the cute little fire-breathing dragon, evolves into Charmeleon and then Charizard. And I said something to Pastor Chad about it and he laughed and said, only you could have had that conversation. You know, I see how my children connect with adults who understand Japanese anime and Pokemon and other things that they're into and how they've been able to build great mentorship relationships because of those commonalities. And the same with friendships. When they have friends who have similar interests to them, who understand what they're going through, who can talk the same language, it deepens that relationship. And you know the greatest thing about all of this? You can totally share the light and love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ with people, even without mentioning the Bible. The Holy Spirit can work through you in ways that you might not even think possible. Through just connecting with others through your mutual shared languages. 
back to the connection between the Tower of Babel and Pentecost, known by some as the birthday of the Christian church. So both these stories speak to how language connects us. In the first story, the people were scattered because they were trying to build this tower to the heavens, trying to be like God, and they were scattered all across the world. And in the second story, the disciples were given the gift to speak in other languages, and they also were scattered to the world. But this time it was so they could share the good news of Christ with others and bring the world together so that all the world could know this gospel message, regardless of what language they spoke or where they were in life. The disciples were given this gift by the Holy Spirit so they could connect with people in a different way, with people that they might not have connected with before. They were given this commonality to share with others in order to shine the light of Christ to the world. A barrier that they had was eliminated because it is a barrier when you can't understand other people. And so when they were given this ability to speak in the other languages, they now had a commonality to share. They now had a way to communicate. We have all been given gifts from the Holy Spirit and we've all been given different interests and skills and abilities. We can connect with people in different ways and speak many different languages. Now, maybe these languages are verbal. The languages that we think of when we think of language. But maybe that language is the language of a gamer or an artist or an athlete, a chef, a mechanic, a teacher a bookworm, an outdoor enthusiast. Whatever those languages are, they are abilities and opportunities to connect with others and through that connection, share the good news and the love of Jesus, whether it be in word or deed. In 1 John 3, verse 18, John writes, little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. I love this verse because it's a reminder to us that we can show love not just by what we say, but in what we do also. Our actions are as much of a language as our speeches. And we have the privilege of sharing the love of Christ with whoever we meet through many different languages that we speak as we've been gifted through the Holy Spirit. The good news of Christ is that God shows God's self to us through all of those different languages, through all of our skills and abilities. God meets us where we are for who we are and allows us to do the same for others. May you be filled with the Holy Spirit. May you be empowered to share the good news of Christ. May you be empowered to speak the language of others so that you may be a light in the world and share Jesus' love with all you meet. Amen. During the next few days, I encourage you to go deeper into the message with these two reflection questions. First, 
what are barriers that you have encountered in connecting with other people? And second, how can sharing a similar language open up an opportunity to share the love of Christ with others?